Welcome to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And now, here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday to you here in 1450 The Sports Buzz. Hopefully, your Wednesday is going uh, maybe a little bit better than mine in terms of uh, technology. Trevor, wasn't was the last week that you were ready to uh, punch the cu- computer? Yes, it was. I'm ready to punch the internet, although I don't know if there's, you know, you can't really see the internet, so I don't know what I'd be punching at. Um, but that's been on the fritz today. So hopefully uh, this radio show, as we do it through Skype, as Trevor's in the studios in southern Indiana, uh, and I am Skyping into him, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll keep connection throughout the show. If not, we're going to move to the phone, so the show will happen regardless, it's just whether or not we're going to have to move to the phone or not. Uh, but everybody cross your fingers and, and hope that it works. Right now, currently, United States in a friendly with Germany. And the last time, that Trevor, that there was a friendly going on during our show, I think we all know what happened. Um, USA won? It was last week. It was last Friday. You don't remember last Friday? What day is it now? It's Wednesday. It's hump day. That would be no. Okay, uh, that's when we were doing the show, and the United States was down, and they scored to tie it up, and then just minutes later, they scored again. Oh yeah, the Netherlands. The Netherlands, exactly. Yeah, I, I do. Okay, I remember that now. It takes uh, a while. It takes a while to do uh, to trigger the memory in, inside my noggin. So Germany took no time scoring early on today in this friendly uh, to go up one nil. I think it was in the eleventh minute, maybe the twelfth minute, um, but the United States. Stay, uh, kept composed, ended up getting an equalizer on a beautiful pass from Michael Bradley. As we have it, it's 1-1 now, but this second half, the United States has been absolutely dominating, which doesn't amount to much because you're still tied and it only takes one mistake to go down. Uh, but they've been dominating Germany, who's the World Cup champions, Trevor. How serious is Germany taking this game? It is a friendly. They, they have, they're, they're playing about three or four of their normal starters, but the United States is only playing three or four of their no, normal starters. And obviously, obviously this game would mean more to the United States. Uh, to Germany, it's just, you know, it's... Practice? A, a pra- pretty much a practice, yeah. It's a tune-up. Uh, for the United States, it's the same thing, but it would mean more to them to say, hey, we beat Germany. Is this yeah. like Germany is UK and USA is the Bahamas? No, not quite. It, it would be... Like Germany is UK and uh, USA is Georgetown, Mississippi State. <laughs> well, no, but those games have meaning because they're regular season games. I was thinking of an exhibition style level. Well, it, it, it's, I guess, maybe if you a, have to have a preseason there, NIT not, game, then, then there's not a good comparison. Yeah, it'd be like an NIT game or of something. Okay. There's no good comparison because anybody that UK played in exhibitions, the United States is much better than that. Uh, but you're, you're along the right idea. All right. I get there eventually. Uh, so we'll, I'll, I'll, I have this game on TV. Here's the thing is AT&T U-verse, which is my provider here, is connected to the Internet or runs through the Internet. So if the Internet goes out, my TV is the first thing to go or to freeze up or, or do something crazy. Uh, so I can generally tell if I know the Internet's going out. So we've got the soccer match on, but I'm, I'm watching it for entertainment purposes. Hopefully you're listening to the show for entertainment purposes. So I'm going to uh, – the show is the number one priority during this time, Trevor. But I'm also watching it to see if it goes out, then maybe I know that we're going to make, need to make the switch to the phone, although I doubt that happens. You don't, uh, you don't have got, too many problems with them very often, do you? Uh, you usually talk no. so uh, 
So, so no, I them. I have never had any problems with them uh, ever, and I, I recommend them virtually to anybody that's that's buying a new house or renting or moving or needs to get a new cable inter- or internet provider. But it was yesterday or two days ago it started acting up really bad, and then uh, and then today it's been acting up. So I don't know, you know, I'm trying to think if it's a correlation. Maybe it's people in the neighborhood. Maybe it's more than just me. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's something I'm doing wrong. I don't know. Uh, but hopefully it gets nipped in the bud and don't have to worry about it. That being said. Fingers well, and toes crossed on this side. Thanks. I'm doing the same over here. Uh, hopefully you're doing it listening at home too. Today's a big day. And I think a lot of you all remember last year during the summer, uh, we did a... A UK John Calipari era draft where last year it was Aaron Smith who worked for me with me at Cats Illustrated uh, and we drafted UK players since John Calipari's been there and we made a team six players one bench player uh, and then we we put it up to a vote up to you guys to say which team is better so we will we'll, we'll do that again today uh, we're gonna have Alex Forkner take the spot of Aaron Smith. And we're gonna, and you guys are gonna have to tell us which team is better. That will be in the second segment, Trevor. So you might know what this means I get because to be after, judge. Uh, you're gonna get to be a judge. Yes, you're gonna get to say. But also, more importantly, I do accept bribes. As we as we do this, that means you know we're gonna do a Louisville version of this, and we're gonna do that tomorrow. And that's when Yates and I did it, and you do a Patino era Louisville player draft. And we'll do that tomorrow. It'll be me versus you. Um, we'll let all the fans decide. That's when last year Yates put Shaquan Aaron on his team. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing. I'm not doing a David Yates slash L.A. Clippers Michael Candy draft over here. You, so you're not gonna. You're not gonna. You think you're gonna leave Shaquan Aaron off the squad this year? Well, you know, I was thinking of taking Max Stockman, Max Stockman, uh, off potential this year, but I might hold off. And then what I'm really excited about, Trevor. And maybe I'll do this against you. Maybe I'll, I'll bring a guest on to do it. I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. But we're going to do a last decade college basketball draft with six players. So you're going to get – and obviously, you know, I like college football. We're going to talk college football a lot this summer. And we're going to do a lot of fun things with, with UK and, and Louisville season preview. Uh, but I think everybody kind of knows that maybe college basketball is my first preference. So that's why we're doing this in the in the dog days of summer here. So we will, uh, we're, we're going to do a college basketball last decade draft on Friday. So the next three days, you're going to get drafts. If you're a Kentucky fan, that'll be today. Louisville fan tomorrow. Friday is going to be just the last 10 years. We're going to make starting fives with one bench player, and um, we'll find out who's better. So it should so, be. So we got Kentucky today, Louisville tomorrow, and then Friday we draft the last decade in which Louisville was a top five program. <laughs> Yeah, again, we didn't we decide yesterday that they were just on the outside. Oh no, no, so you decided on that. That was that was where the decision ended. That Trevor, was, that was my way of just jabbing at you a little bit. By the way, what we do need you to do today, though, is when we get Alex Forkner on, uh, you're gonna need to you're gonna need to put a, a finger behind your back. Although we can't see you anyways, <laughs> but we're gonna have to take a guess for who gets first draft pick, and we do snake order draft. So I'll There's if only I two get, of you, why does it matter if it's snake order? Because if you get first pick, that's a that's significant. So if you get first pick, then the other person gets two consecutive picks. That's fair. I mean, is the first pick that much more dominant than the second pick? 
I'd say whoever gets Anthony Davis is going to have a, a good chance of winning. So you're saying Anthony Davis is clear-cut that much better than John Wall, who will probably go number two. So Anthony Davis, but by definition, Andy Davis is better than not just John Wall, but equal to the top two next two players in Kentucky, out of Kentucky, under Cal Perry. I'd say that makes it more fair. If you if you got Anthony Davis first, and then you got the third pick too, then that's that that puts the 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 second pick the the second person that gets second pick at a at a I think a pretty significant disadvantage. That's, that's, snake, that's the a, honor of winning the uh, first pick. No, because that's all luck. The snake order is obviously the most fair way to go about things. All right, I, I have no problem with it. When I do fantasy drafts on the video games, I do serpentine as well. So that's that's what we'll be doing. Uh, there, there is some interesting, and and we're gonna. I wanted to kind of talk about this more at the five o'clock hour, and there and there's plenty more to talk about. We didn't really quite finish the the Rick Pitino discussion that we had yesterday, uh, but there is some UK football recruiting news. Uh, there, it was pretty interesting. Yesterday, we had a few 2016 football commits, Trevor for Kentucky, basically recommit to Kentucky. If that makes any sense, uh, what they said is that. Uh, they put, they took to Twitter or maybe it was Instagram, whatever, whatever social media it may be, basically saying, listen, I'm committed to Kentucky. I'm not going anywhere else. I, I'm not going to take visits. I'm not going to do that. Uh, it was it was Drake Jackson and uh, Landon Young who were both big time, tar- not targets, but they were priorities for Kentucky. Uh, UK was able to get both of them. Young, a four-star offensive lineman. Uh, Drake Jackson, also a four-star offensive lineman. So you were able to have both those guys just basically recommit and assure UK's coaching staff and UK fans that, hey, I'm not going anywhere. Um, and and I, I saw some of the posts that Justin Rowland had on CatsIllustrated.com and talked about how other big-name recruits, Trevor, uh, throughout the 2016 class have taken notice of this. So instead of at the end of the 2015 class when Damian Harris decided to go to Alabama and then there was just a plethora of decommitments throughout UK's uh, on their board, just guys left and right falling off their board, this year it's going to be different because you're going to have big-name guys saying, hey, listen, I could have gone a lot of places. I could have gone almost anywhere in the SEC. I I could have played for national championships maybe at this school, but I'm deciding I'm going to – I'm going to – be true to Kentucky. It's okay for you to do it too. Uh, and, and Cash Daniels is a is a big name recruit who was on UK's campus yesterday. That may mean a lot to him to to see other big time in state guys deciding to stick around. So uh, that's big news for Kentucky. And as Justin Rowland said on ha- on Cats Illustrated, now UK starting to get a little momentum, uh, which I feel is is really big for this 2016 class. This is going to be a big fall for UK, not only from uh, this is the year that maybe Mark Stoops has to take the next step to get to a bowl game, but also now you're going to be showing off a fairly new stadium, a new, a newly renovated stadium, Trevor, uh, also a new recruiting room, and there's also going to be a new training facility. So you're going to get all these things, and while you can always sell the program's future and moving forward and taking the next step, UK is really going to be showing their hand after the stadium renovations are done, after the recruiting and room and all this new stuff is finished, uh, UK can't really say, well, in the future, we're going to have this and we're going to have that. Now it's just going to be, this is what we have. Either you like it or you don't like it. Uh, the program, obviously, in terms of wins and losses, can continue to improve. But this is UK football. So this is a really important fall for for Mark Stoops and the 2016 recruiting class. And we'll kind of, I think, at least 
uh, point in the direction whether Kentucky could have a, a more successful future or if it might just stay in this five to six game limbo uh, that they were in last year and, and may very well be in this year. So uh, very important nonetheless and, and really cool of, of 16 and 17 year old kids to really when a lot of football recruitments are starting to heat up to kind of say co- other coaches you all know I'm committed to Kentucky. That has never stopped a football recruitment before a committed player. But I want you all to know, and I mean it, I'm not taking any other visits. I'm not interested in anybody else. It's kind of rare these days to see uh, players do that, Trevor. Haven't you been in a five- to six-game limbo for the last 40 years? Theoretically, you're right. Uh, you know, you're not far off. With I mean, the, with the, the except- occasional eight-game, I think, once or twice. With, with the exception of that as well. But uh, that that's what I'm that's what I'm saying is that Kentucky can – if they continue this momentum, can can recruit at a high level. And last year was a little bit of a dip, but it still would have been the best recruiting class that Kentucky's had uh, outside of, of the other ones that Mark Stoops has had. But you can you can be closer to that 2014 recruiting class that was the highest. If you can do that, you can continue to build. You can continue to have players in there that, that Stoops likes and, and feels comfortable with. And maybe you do it doesn't necessarily become, are we going to a bowl or are we not going to a bowl? It go For Kentucky fans, it, it turns into how high of a bowl can we make? What caliber of bowl can we get to? Can we make a New Year's Day bowl? And, and, I, and you know, I'm not pinning it all on this fall because you, you've, you've heard people say this year's really important and this year's really important. There's going to be more important years for Kentucky, obviously. But this one is incredibly important with the stadium renovations, with everything coming together. I think... I think it's good that you have these guys on board to help other big-name recruits maybe think, okay, if they can do it, I can do it, uh, and move forward from that. The future is now. Future is now. While we're, while we're on the subject of football, this is this is something not that I reported first, because I'm sure it's kind of been at least discussed amongst UofL fans for a while, um, but I, I did have a, a really close source probably three or four years ago tell me that, Charlie Strong and and Tom Jurich sat down and said, "Okay, we we finished rena- updating and expanding the upper deck. Next, in a few years, what we're going to do is is expand and close in the bowl um, and do this and that. But there's more talks about that today, so it's really out there that yes, Louisville is looking to do that. They're gonna they're gonna investigate it and 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 do some research on whether that's a smart thing to do." Uh, closed the bowl at Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. Now, that wouldn't add a significant amount of seats, Trevor, I wouldn't imagine. Uh, and I don't know if I've seen a number on, on what it would do if they were to close the bowl. Maybe an additional five to 10,000. I couldn't imagine it being more than that. But what do you what do you think about Louisville potentially adding on to Papa John's? I like the idea of adding on, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'd want to close the bowl. I, I, liked, I liked the whole team coming out of the complex with the statue. I mean, I know it's it's been done and by in that style numerous places. Not like it's an original, but there's very few original things you can do aside from sending the team down by parachute, like you do the mascot at player by player. So you can't get any kind of originality, really. But I like that. I don't know if I'd want to close them. I mean, I guess you could close a little bit, close it up a little bit by adding some, but leave that little gap. Like I, I mean, like when they closed Commonwealth, it wasn't a big deal because all there was were some bleachers there. It looked like they stole from Trinity or St. X's Field to begin with. So when they like closed, Rutgers. Yeah, it's basically what yeah, I don't know if you remember Commonwealth before it was closed up, but uh, I've seen pictures. I was I actually went I went to many a games, uh, including the whole '94 season before that was closed up, and it, it looks completely different now. And it's made so many strides forward; it's really awesome. But 
they didn't have the same kind of feel that Louisville does with that opening and, and that the players coming out. So I, I don't know. I, I don't think I'd want it completely closed. No, I don't want to go for an completely, an completely enclosed dome. If you want to keep adding seats, I don't know how many more layers you can add onto the onto the side. Maybe add, maybe close up the gap a little bit, but not completely. Where are you going to put the statue at? Where are you going to put Johnny Nidus? Yeah, I, for some reason, when I at least envision it, Trevor, I, I picture it being they're going to close the bowl by building on top of uh, the Schnellenberger what, the facility, center, museum, whatever it is. So you're, you're, you're picturing it like closing up the bowl, but then like instead of uh, going in front of the Schnellenberger Center or in the uh, United Statue, just kind of go on top of it? Yeah, that's the for some reason that's the way I picture it. Maybe I was told that. Maybe I wasn't. Maybe I'm just that would be kind of cool actually if they did that. I, the way and, I'm picturing and, it. And what I think would be cool is and one. I also kind of like being able to see the Louisville skyline, although it's pretty far away. You can still see it from several parts of the stadium. I don't know if you close it all the way if you're going to be able to. Um, but I think it'd be cool if you just it's, it'd be a very minor expansion, but to kind of build a walkway where you can walk on top of that. And maybe just, oh, man, Michael Bradley just had a, a clean shot on goal. Uh, as perfect as a shot as you want in the 83rd minute, and Germany's goalie made an unbelievable play at it. Uh, you couldn't really ask for a better opportunity than that. To, and, this, to this day, I can't hear his name and not think of the the, the, uh, the 6'11 white kid that's dad thought he was an ex-Larry Bird and left UK. I don't know why. I know they're complete, and I'm probably, other than people that live in within probably 50 miles of where I'm sitting right now, only with people that even know who I'm talking about, and occasional few, I guess, Providence fans. But I still don't only hear every time you talk his name on soccer, I always think about that kid. No, that's fine. You're allowed to. But then that would have been nice. That would have given uh, the United States a, a late lead, and again, perfect opportunity, unable to equalize. But I, what I thought would be cool would be. Trevor, if if you just made a walkway, basically connecting the the one end of the stadium to the other end of the stadium that went on top of of the Schnellenberger Center place way, whatever you want to call it, and may, basically just make another party deck. I was gonna say, uh, or you or it almost if you do it wrong though, it's gonna look like one of those kind of trashy over the highway walkways you see on like Dixie Highway. No, they wouldn't do trashy. They make it look nice. And I mean, you'd have the to part, be. The, the party deck is. Uh, th- that's that's one of the cool things Louisville's got going for them. I've actually uh, never been to the onto the party deck itself. Papa John's is is a newer, nicer stadium. It can get loud. Uh, obviously, there's louder stadiums out there, uh, but the party deck is one thing that kind of sets Louisville and Papa John's Cardinal Stadium away from other college stadiums. It really gives it an NFL feel to it. Now I know uh, Charlie Strong absolutely hated the party deck because fans would just go up there and get boozed up and not get to their seats. So. Uh, the crowd would look very bad. That's another thing. Well, what Charlie didn't re- remember realize was before the party deck, the fans still were getting boozed up and sitting and standing in the aisles while not sitting in their seats. And, and I don't – going on that point, there, the majority of Louisville games I, I go to aren't truly sold out. Now the big ones are. So I don't know if they really need to be necessarily expanding it. But I, I still think it's it goes along the lines of build it and they will come. But – We'll see. Uh, we need to head to commercial break. When we come back, we're going to switch gears to basketball. Alex Forkner and I go head-to-head drafting U.K. players. Who will make the better team? Uh, and the one thing you kind of learn from this is that John Calipari has just had some unbelievably talented players. Not that maybe you need to be reminded that. But yeah, it's just, still only one title. Well, that's uh, Trevor, that's okay. They've been to several 
Final Fours, and I think you'd probably agree that UK's future, basketball future, maybe looks a little bit brighter than uh, than the cards. I uh, No comment on that one. All righty. We'll be right back after this commercial break. You're listening to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. Took the restrictor plate off, give the Red Dragon a little more juice. But uh, let's keep that on the down low. It's not exactly street legal. Hey, Mike. Presented by Allen Electric. We're back here for While we're on commercial, we had another goal, Trevor. United States up. Two to one you, on Germany. You, you oh. want me to give you my goal call? Yeah, give me the goal call. Come my throat there. Goal! All right, that was fantastic. And, and I even held back a little bit there. That's what she said. For a smoker, that's not too bad. Thank you, thank you. I've got good lung capacity. I've yelled at a lot of sporting events and cussed out many referees. I wonder if we still have Alex Forkner on the phone after having to wait for that. Alex Forkner from Cats Illustrated. How are you, buddy? Man, I am out of breath just from listening to that goal call. That was incredible. Exhilarating, huh? Yeah. Uh, are you watching the uh, the soccer match? I don't get Fox Sports. I don't have cable right now, so I'm following along on Twitter. It's very exciting. A very exciting way to follow along with a sporting event. I don't know if for some reason Fox Sports on UVerse or something, they're not allowed to show USA games. I don't know why, uh, but I always have to go to this Mexican speaking. communists. I have to go to this, uh, this, Mex- this channel for Mexico and listen to the game there, and they're speaking Spanish, obviously. And I have uh, no idea what they're saying, but it makes the game a little bit more fun to watch. And also, they always do the goal call. Goal call. So we're in stoppage time now. I will keep you all updated. Um, and if something crazy happens, Alex, I may interrupt you, although I don't want to do that. But apologies ahead of time. Uh, besides that, though, you know why you know why you're on the show today, Alex. I do, and I'm ready. I'm prepared. I've been brushing up on my John Calipari player catalog. Now, last year, Aaron Smith and I did this, and it I, I think I kind of beat him pretty badly. Now, he may tell you differently, uh, but hopefully, I think you're going to be able to hold your own maybe a little bit better, Alex. Well, who was he picking? Was he picking, like, UMass players or what? Uh, no, I, no you, you, we only pick amongst UK players, but uh, I don't know. He just didn't put to, you got to put together a good five because these teams in this hypothetical are going against one another. So, you know, you can't right. go guard heavy. You can't go big heavy. you got to have a nice balance. You're going to need some outside shooters. You're going to need this and that. I, but I don't need to tell you this. You know what you're doing. You're going to do a good job. I'm ready. All right, so uh, Trevor has a number picked out, one or two. And I'll, I'll let you guess what number he has, he has picked out, one or two, and you're going to get to go first or second depending on the number. So pick a number, Alex. Uh, well, I'm going to go with two. Two? Trevor, what's the number? It was one. Sorry, Alex. Uh, oh, well. 
Woo! All right. Well, this this makes it pretty easy uh, for me. So, but you will get two picks in a row, Alex. We're doing snake order. You all listening at home, let me know which team you think better is better. You can tweet into the show at T-Walker Rivals. Uh, you can even, if, if you so choose, uh, you could tweet Alex, A. Forgner Rivals, and, and let him know that you think my team's better. Uh, so this makes my first choice pretty easy. I'm going Anthony Davis with my number one pick. That's pretty bold of you there, TJ. Yeah, you think that's uh, a crazy strategy? Nah, I mean, picking, you know, an alien life form, that's, it's smart. Um, I'm gonna. Go, I, I'm gonna go with uh, John Wall for my first pick. John Wall, that's a good pick. Give me a, a little reason why you're going with Wall number two. Well, you know, he's. If we're going with like current form, uh, he's really blossoming into you know a superstar player. He's you know improved all facets of his game. He's an assist machine these days, and you know I'm gonna I'm gonna surround him with players for him to feed and. He's going to attack the basket, and you know he's, he's a heck of a player. And we do need to make this clear: are we do uh, are we drafting based on their careers at UK or their time now? Because I was under not that Anthony Davis or John Wall. I think both those would, two would go either way. But I was under mm-hmm. the presumption that it's it's their time at Kentucky. Oh well, you didn't make that clear to me. If we're going with time at Kentucky, I'm still going with John Wall. But I, I figured you would, and I'd still go with Anthony Davis. Those two are not only probably the best at Kentucky. But also the best two players in the pros, uh, two, two just all stars. Uh, but you now get you you get the I guess it's second round, third pick. Uh, you get another one. So who are you going with? Well, I'm gonna go with another player from that inaugural John Calipari UK team, Demarcus Cousins. Demarcus a little, Cousins, a little, a little reunion there, a little point guard center reunion. So so now you have. Uh, you have the big guy you want, and, mm-hmm. and so you're, you're trying to balance this thing out, aren't you? That's, you got me, man. You know my strategy. Uh, it's a good one-two punch, and, and I don't know if there's been a better one-two punch for John Calipari since he's been at Kentucky. He had both those players on one team, and for all the Final Fours John Cal- Cal- Calipari's been to, crazy to think he didn't get one with those guys. Uh, and by the way, United States, it's final. They beat Germany. That's... Uh, that's good stuff. I mean, those that's the defending World Cup champions. And again, only probably three or four starters from that team that were playing for Germany today, but still, still impressive to be able to do that. All right, so that's my pick, and I'm going to get two picks in a row, Alex. And All right. I'm going I'm going to go with a big another big as well. So I, I really want to solidify my front court. And after the year we saw this past year, it has to be Carl Anthony Towns uh, giving me a, a one-two punch of Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, that would be an unbelievably good offensive front court a good defensive front court we'd get some rebounds every shot would probably be blocked uh that's i'm feeling pretty good about that uh with the carl anthony towns pick and that will give that's me a, what's that's that a strong front court that's a strong front court i'll give you that thanks and and, and now uh i'm gonna have a, another pick and this one's gonna be this one's tough because this is where things it kind of goes just with personal preference um, but I, I'm going. I, I need some scoring in the backcourt, so I'm going a year after John Wall. I'm going to go with Brandon Knight, led Kentucky to a Final Four in his one year, able to shoot threes, also able to penetrate, attack it. Uh, you put him on a team with Anthony Davis and Carl Anthony Towns from an offensive standpoint, uh, they're just going to be able to flat out outscore you. Uh, I, I always liked Brandon Knight. I always thought Brandon Knight was 
one of the more underappreciated Calipari point guards. So, you know, I, I had maybe thought of, you know, picking him, but you beat me to it. Uh, I'm I'm happy that uh, that I was able to to get them. So those those were my two picks there: Carl Anthony Towns, Brandon Knight to go along with Anthony Davis. Now you're going to get two picks. Uh, you've got John Wall and Demarcus Cousins, so you, you've got a nice little 2009-2010 flavor. Do you stick with that, or are you going elsewhere? Uh, I got a bolster in my front court now that now that you've put uh, some big guys in there. So I'm going to pick uh, Julius Randle to to go uh, with my. Yeah, form a mean tandem with DeMarcus Cousins, I think. That's a lot of rebounding and a lot of post-scoring there. That is a mean tandem. I mean, this this matchup, I, I would pay however much money I have on me, which I promise you would not be nearly enough to be able to make <laughs> this game happen in, in some capacity. Uh, Julius Randle and DeMarcus Cousins front court versus Anthony Davis and Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, there would probably be a, a, a fight, maybe even a knife fight between those four guys. Just uh, now, you, you you probably have the meaner two of the bunch. I might have the more skilled, but you might you, you certainly have the meaner two. Uh, I love that pick, Alex. Thank you, thank you. You know, it's it's all about a mindset. Basketball's half mental, you know. Well, maybe not half, but uh, you've got one more. Pick, <laughs> my next pick. I need some shooting. You know that the downfall of that uh, John Wall and Marcus Cousins team was no shooting to go with it. So I this might be a little high, but I'm gonna I'm gonna. Uh, Put Deron Lamb on there. Deron Lamb. All right. And, and you know, so he always, when we did this with Aaron and whenever, you know, I, I'm having a few beers with some UK fans and we do something similar to this, Deron Lamb probably always goes higher than his skill set actually is. There's obviously more UK players that are more skilled than him, more athletic, but you would solidify shooting by being able to land him on your team. Uh, and, and this. And, you know, that, that's a that's a f- phenomenal pick um, from that standpoint. Again, how would he be able to defend? Those are some more questions we can ask ourselves after we're done picking. Uh, right. So two, pick, two picks for me now. Uh, as we're – you have four players right now, I have three. Um, I, I'm going to go with I, – I, you know, he, he's, he's just a winner. I'm going to take Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. You want him on your team. Uh, what he's able to do just all around. He's not going to hit a lot of threes for me, uh, but he's going to be able to get in the paint. He's going to be able to defend. He's going to be able to steal. He'll be able to block some shots too. Uh, Can really do it all. His one year at Kentucky, just unbelievable. Goes number two in the draft. Not talked about maybe as much as he probably should have been, but he was behind Anthony Davis for uh, for Pete's sake. So uh, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist is my pick there, and then I'm going to get one more. And, again, this isn't really going to address shooting. This is something I'm going to need to look after. Uh, but I, I'm going just for – I'm going to solidify my backcourt. I'm going to take Eric Bledsoe. Again, he's kind of on the same boat as Michael Kidd-Gilchrist being the number two to Anthony Davis. Eric Bledsoe was the number two to John Wall. Didn't really get a chance to, to shine as much, but sometimes just outplayed Wall. Had better numbers in several games, but still didn't have the dance, didn't have this and that. So not thought of as highly as John Wall. Uh, so I've got a Brandon Knight, Eric Bledsoe backcourt, and I'm incredibly excited about it with Michael Kidd-Gilchrist on the wing. And that's my starting five right now. I'll get one more bench player, though. Hmm. Man, that's a, that's a mean team you got there, TJ. That's a good it's, team. It's not bad. It's not bad. And you, you've got two more picks, so you're going to finish out your roster here. Uh, you going to pick Ryan Harrow? You know, I'm. I was leaning that way, and then you know, Jared Polson bounced into my mind. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna bypass both those guys because you know, I need, I need a small forward. 
Um, and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Trey Lyles. That's a little unorthodox, but I you know he's very skilled. Um, showed you know flashes of brilliance uh, during his one year at UK last year, and I think he would really mesh with with the rest of those guys on my team. That would be interesting to see a Trey Lyles Michael Kidd Gilchrist matchup because uh, they're they're similar in terms of both being long. Uh, you could de- certainly play Michael Kidd Gilchrist at the four if you had to. Trey Lyles was strictly nothing but a four in AAU in high school, but switched over to three and did a, a phenomenal job. But where where Trey Lyles is a lot more skilled, better shooter, can put it on the floor, a little bit more protective with the ball. Kid Gilchrist just a, a unbelievably freak athlete, and also um, everybody can uh, an insane work ethic. Not that Trey Lyles had a bad one, but you didn't hear about it as much as you did with Michael Kikilkra. So interesting pick, and I certainly don't think one that, that that's not a bad pick. It's, he's a very versatile player. be interesting to see how that matchup would go. Yeah, I mean, my theory is, you know, that you need some offense to sort of fill in. So, and he, he was he was an able jump shooter. He could, he could extend the defense, you know, not near as good of a defender as your Michael Kikilkra's pick, but, you know, I, I think, I think he was strong, and I think he, just sort of works with. I mean, it's a long, big front court I have to go with. Uh, you know, a six ten small forward. So. so you get one more bench player. All right, let's see. My bench player. I'm gonna have to go with. I'm gonna go with Willie Cauley Stein. You know, I think you you got a you got some some pretty big time defenders down low on your side, um, you know, Carl Towns, uh, Anthony Davis, and, you know, right now, Carly Stein is basically a defensive specialist. He could, you know, get some baskets around the rim, but, you know, that that was really his specialty, and I I think he'd do a good job on on your guys up front. I think that's a a really good pick and also could maybe help uh, neutralize a very talented offensively at least, and defensively with Anthony Davis, front court. So I, I think you're going to maybe win a few more votes by, by putting him on your bench and be able to rotate him in with Julius Randle and Marcus Cousins. You could go big where you have both Willie Colley Stan and Marcus Cousins in at the same time, giving you a little offense and defense one-two punch. I like that pick, especially coming off your bench. For me, I want another shooter, uh, and, and it's tough because John Calipari hasn't had a ton of great three-point shooters since he's been at Kentucky, and you already took the one that everybody thinks of and into Ron Lamb. For me, it came down to either James Young or Darius Miller. Uh, Darius Miller, the better three-point shooter, I could play him at the three, uh, maybe a little bit of the four, maybe a little bit of the two also, as you've seen him be a mismatch problem during his time Mm -hmm. at Kentucky. James Young, much more athletic, uh, but I I need the three-point shooting, and also I think UK fans are going to sympathize more with Darius Miller being on that team. So he rounds out my bench. I've I've got the the Kentuckian coming in, uh, so that gives me a final roster of Brandon Knight and Eric Bledsoe starting at the one and two, Michael Kidd Gilchrist at the three, Anthony Davis at the four, Carl Anthony Towns at the five, uh, and you have John Wall and Deron Lamb as your one and two, Trey Lyles at the three, Julius Randle at the four, Demarcus Cousins as your anchor, and then Willie Cauley Stein coming off the bench to give you a little more defense. That, that's a that's a good matchup. I'd, I'd buy a ticket. 
I, I certainly think it's a really good matchup. Um, and, and now we're just, we've done our part, Alex. Now we just need to uh, leave it up to a vote and we'll, we'll have to see what Twitter reactions will have to say. And I might even post this on House of Blue, uh, Alex, to give it to give it a, a little bit bigger go. of an audience. But for now, let's let Trevor, Trevor, who you taking and why? And Alex, I'll let you, uh, I'll let you reply to Trevor after he gets done kind of being the initial reaction. Uh, in a seven-game series, I am taking uh, TJ's Tornadoes in a four-to-two win over uh, Alex's Assault Ants. So you're saying that I? So you're saying I win in 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 six games? Yes. Give me a reason why you're taking my team. Uh, I like your matchups a lot more than Alex. I'm not. I don't mind Julius Randle or Dron Lamb. I'm not as big a fan on Lamb. I would have actually gone uh, Bledsoe probably instead of Lamb at that selection. Also, I would have gone Nerlens Well, I'd only played a half a season with Kentucky, but in that half, you got to just use it in that uh, example point. I like his. I would rather have him as a as a versatile defender to go against the guys like Towns and Davis. Because right now, if you put Cousins on Davis, you're just looking for three techni- for two technicals in the first half and probably ejected from the game by halftime. Davis will drive him so insane. Randall can't stay with them either. And I, I just like your perimeter. I like your team built it with more versatility as well, even though I would have probably, again, gone with maybe someone other than Darius Miller, even though I did like Darius Miller in college. Alex, rebuttal. Stick up for your team here a little bit. Wait, what was my team mascot name? <laughs> <laughs> the, the ants? The, the, the army ants. <laughs> the Alex army ants. The army so ants. A, yeah, hopefully I don't you got know. Your I'm a, you're triple A, baby. <laughs> I got to talk to the team owner about changing the mascots. <laughs> I don't know about that one. It was but, a fan vote. Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, the DeMarcus Cousins Anthony Davis matchup is obviously the toughest one because you know Anthony Davis is a matchup problem for most people on the planet. Um, but you know, I, we we've seen those guys play to get play against each other in the in the NBA since, and DeMarcus Cousins has you know more than held his own. Uh, so I think I think I wouldn't quite say it's a push at that point, uh, but you know, um, maybe just not as big of a gap as you would think. And I, I got to defend my Duran Lamb pick a little bit. You know, statistically one of the best three point shooters at Kentucky. I think he was much more consistent uh, than uh, Bledsoe. I mean, Bledsoe was probably a little bit more versatile. Probably could get to the rim a little bit better than Duran Lamb could, but. You know, I think I think it's you know a tough matchup. If I was Alex, I would have just gone with the 2010 team. I would have taken Patterson as well and taken Bledsoe, and just said screw it. So, you know, West Virginia that, well, that was a miracle. I'm going you 2010 know, thought, ball club straight I, forward. I thought about doing just that, but just you know getting maybe a little bit more outside shooting in there. But um, it was it was I, I I balked at that strategy a little bit. Well, you know, on the flip side, the 2012. If you just went straight with the 2012 team, that's not all that bad of a team either. Uh, you know, and that and that mm-hmm. has been a question UK fans have debated amongst themselves: 2010 or 2012. Where do you all stand three on that? Of that team on his roster, also. Yeah, I, I've you know I've I really dipped into the 2012 team more, where it seemed that you maybe preferred 2010 a little bit, uh, although you do have Deron Lamb from 2012. Yeah, I mean, you you got two like really big superstars from each of those teams. Obviously, you know, you got John Wall, you got Anthony Davis, and it, it's really just a matter of you know the guys that went with them. I mean, maybe you put uh, John Wall on that 
2012 team. I mean, you know, the only real weak spot on that 2012 team was uh, Marcus Teague. But, um, you know, that would obviously be an incredible team. Maybe that's the team to beat. It's it's fun to debate. It's fun to do this. You did a great job, Alex. We'll we'll let the fans decide now uh, which team that they would prefer. Uh, overall, just an insane amount of talent amongst former UK players that John Calipari has has had. But thanks so much for joining us, Alex. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me, TJ. Have a good one. You too. That's Alex Forger, CatsIllustrated.com. Covers everything. Even covered basketball recruiting for me when I was on the cruise. He is the man. It would make uh, so we'll, feel better. I did pick Golden State in six also. So <laughs> That's true. Hey, but that, that, that could still happen. I'm still uh, sticking so. to it as well. We'll talk some of the NBA. Uh, we need to head to commercial break. We'll also talk a little bit more about this lineup. Um, I, you know, I like Alex a lot. I, I think he did a good job picking his team. But I do think my team is is a, a little bit better. So we'll talk more about that, too. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. Mm-mm-mm. I don't know why they call this stuff Hamburger Helper. It does just fine by itself, huh? Presented by Allen Electric. Uh, I like it better than Tuna Helper myself. Don't you, Clark? You're the gourmet around here, Ed. Speaking of movies, Trevor, saw the Entourage movie last night. I I need to get it in before Tuesday, and I want your opinion on it. I think I'm going to go see the Jurassic World Midnight Showing, though, tomorrow. I'm excited to go see that, too. I, I'll probably see that next Tuesday. I'm a big fan of $5 Tuesdays. I am, too, but I want to. I kind of want to get it in. I guess some friends of mine are going. I thought, you know, they're going to go see the 3D. I've, I've only actually seen one movie ever in 3D, and I was very disappointed with it a little bit, kind of because the movie was kind of disappointing. That was the Wolverine movie. So I want to give it another shot, and I thought, what the hell? Let's go for Jurassic World. But tell me about yeah. Entourage. I want to. I want to know without spoilers. Uh, okay, let's say let's do it this way. Uh, on a on a comedy level, meaning uh, ten being I nearly peed myself, and one being I had to give a fake chuckle because everyone else around me laughed and it made me think of a laugh track that told me to laugh. Where do you rank it in terms of comedy? I where do you, what do you mean rank it in terms of comedy? Like, like was it was it was it was it funny? Was it was it was the movie, the show itself was was relatively hilarious to me i wouldn't say maybe hilarious but was very comical was the uh was the movie up to standards of the early at least the first four seasons of the tv show to me i really i really enjoyed it and i'm not going to give away any spoilers okay. a lot of people say have said it, it's basically just like a two hour long show and that's true it, it does it does feel like a show, but that's how you I, well you know i don't even know really what that means when people said that to me in terms of a negative uh point some people were like, it just felt like a two-hour show. It wasn't that great. I mean, what did you expect it to be? It was a show, and it kind of ran like a movie, and they just had different cutoff points. But well, Did you watch more than four episodes of Entourage? If so, then you've seen a two-hour show. Then why would you not enjoy it? I agree. Um, but it, it 
it did kind of run like a show. There's some ups and downs, and um, but the cameos were unbelievable. There's some blast from the past, uh, and there were sometimes. I feel like I was laughing harder than anybody in the theater, and the theater wasn't too packed, and the movie hasn't been doing that well. Uh, but there was times that I was just bursting out laughing very, very, very loudly. Uh, so what was that? Was was it an empty I theater? Really enjoyed it. What's that? Was it an empty theater? It, there was probably like fifteen people. Have you ever 20, been, have you ever been the only person like, in a movie theater? I don't. I, I, <laughs> yes, but it didn't start out that way. There was like four people, but I think they were just hop movie hopping, or already had he seen already seen their movie and just kind of wanted to come check out another one. Uh, and, and it was the year, what was it, ten thousand BC? Was that the movie? I, yeah, that was that was, was, that was with Jack Black, I think, or something, or that. Uh, no, I don't know. Michael um, Sirian, I think, or someone's in that, maybe. Yeah, I don't know what the Ten thousand BC, I think, is what it was called. I kind of remember it, but I never saw it. Came out and came out in two thousand eight, and the the cover is a a guy. Oh no! With, I was thinking of a comedy. Never mind. I was thinking of something completely. No, different. that was like year one or something. Yeah, like that's that. what I was thinking of. Yeah, I never saw 10, that either. BC, the the cover is a caveman with a with a spear with a Siberian tiger or a saber toothed tiger or whatever they're called. Um, it was a terrible, terrible movie. Just, just awful, and that was the only movie that I've ever seen where there was nobody else in the theater at the end. And I almost thought about just walking out uh, as well because of what, I've never walked out of a movie ever. Really? But that, that was one of the closest I've ever been. I've walked out of a couple. The last one I think I walked out of was Troy with Brad Pitt. The thing was awful. Troy uh, was great. Oh, Troy was awful. That was softcore porn was- acting and spilled t- for nonography. That was. If I had to see Brad Pitt's butt one more time, or him doing the, the fake tear roll close-up scene like he's the Indian from a 70s garbage commercial, I was going to puke. I don't know how you could... I really... Troy, Troy's better than Gladiator too, by the way. Oh, I don't know about that. I like Gladiator enough not to say that. Uh, but I wasn't the only one in the theater for, for Troy. I uh, The only time I've ever been the only one in the theater was not the recent Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, but the one that came out, I guess, in 08, the CGI version. Uh, I was I was I was in Bowling Green at Western. They only had one theater. It was a Tuesday night. It was like the last showing at nine o'clock. I just got out of class. I was bored. I didn't have cable. Didn't feel like playing a video game. I thought, what the hell? Stop the theater. It was like between that and one other movie. And I kind of wanted to see it anyway because I grew up in the Ninja Turtle uh, era. And I was the only one in the theater the whole time. I got to the point. Where I just lit up a cigarette at one point during the movie. I was like, screw it. What are they going to throw me out? You lit up a cigarette during <laughs> yes, the movie. Yes, I did. Did you not get in trouble? No, no one came in there to see me or notice me. You could have gotten fine, man. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, I'm a rebel. What can I say? Ladies, you know, ladies like oh, a bad boy. That's that's hilarious. Uh, how was how was the movie? Oh, it wasn't very good. I can see why I was the only one there. <laughs> in, hindsight, <laughs> in hindsight, I was obviously the only one that didn't realize not to go see it. And I Can't learned believe. enough to know not to go see the one with Megan Fox in it. And I love Megan Fox. Uh, I, I I can't believe you did that. Uh, anyway, so we've got some results in from people voting on this UK player draft. Uh, remember, the teams were Brandon Knight, Eric Bledsoe, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, and Darius Miller versus John Wall, Deron Lamb, Trey Lyles, Julius Randle, Demarcus Cousins, and Willie Cauley Stein. Uh, who do you think wins out of those two? We've got some. We've got some votes in. We'll talk about the results and debate it a little bit more after the commercial break. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. Take me down to the 
You're listening to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books. Presented by Allen Electric. And my apartment smells of rich mahogany. <laughs> Back here, fourteen fifty. The sports buzz. Remember that the sports soccer with TJ Walker is brought to you by Allen Electric, Kentucky, and his first and only electrician dedicated to residential repairs. Give them a call six three six help for any electrical service. Allen Electric will never leave you in the dark. Uh, also, programming alert: we will be at Elk Run Golf Club in Jeffersonville, Indiana, tomorrow for a live show. Uh, so, if you want to go play nine, play eighteen. Say hello to the sports talker and, and the 1450 Sports Buzz crew. Uh, that's your chance to do it. Head out to Elk Run and, and do just that. Will you be bringing your golf clubs? Bring your golf clubs. I'm going to have mine with me. Are you going to? Uh, you you want to go to the driving range with me during the show? Uh, yeah, after the show? I, I, we should go during the show. All right. You want, you want to do a little uh, see who can. We'll do a UL draft, which I'm sure I'll win. And then we can do a driving range, which will give you a better chance of evening the score at 1 1. <laughs> I and, and speaking of that draft, and also we're going to be at Valley View Golf Course, Valley View Golf Course, uh, on Friday, and that's uh, in Floyd's Knob, Indiana. So if you're looking to golf Thursday or Friday and check out a little live radio, uh, you're going to have a chance to to do just that. And, and speaking of the draft, Trevor, I hope maybe tomorrow it's a little bit more competitive <laughs> because we've we've got a f- we've got a few tweets in. Uh, and so far, just based on Twitter, and I, I might put this on House of Blue message board, we have nothing but votes for Team One. I told you, I, I, I got, to, I, I was actually being generous when I gave the uh, Army ants the two wins in that series. It might have been closer to four-one. Uh, it's again, I, uh, you know, Alex's team isn't that bad, but in terms of how it would match up against my team, the more I've thought about it. I might sweep, Trevor. See, I like the Wall and Cousins. There was no re- you had to go with that. But after that, and you had already taken Davis, Towns, and Knight, at that point, then I was looking, if I was Alex, and this is just my perspective, I'd have been looking to every position after that just match up to neutralize your players. And that, those players being Davis and Towns. That's why I would have looked at a guy like Nerlens Noel instead of waiting to take Willie Coystein, and maybe even take Willie Coystein later. I'd have gone probably Noel at the six where he took Randall because of Noel's defensive versatility and be able to play either Davis or Towns and allow Cousins not to get in foul trouble and get frustrated. And you don't have to worry about it. I know he went with Lamb because of shooting, and I like Trey Lyles, and Randall does is a, is a better score and better offensive threat. But when you have Wall and Cousins already, you've got 80% of your scoring right there. And, and yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. He had to take Michael Kidd Gilchrist at some point. I was surprised. Well, that he, did, yeah, I, I was. No, there. I'm, he, he needed to, to get him on his team. I forget exactly when he took him or, or when I took him. So he wasn't available. But I, I, I'm pretty sure I took uh, Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, and Brandon Knight all I, before. I wrote it Mike down. He, he took Randall and Lamb at six and seven, and you took Gilchrist and Bledsoe eight and nine. Yeah, he had to. Uh, he had to get. Gilchrist instead of Lamb. I mean, there's a chance that Lamb would have been available after that. I don't. I, I may have taken him. I may not. I'm not 100 percent sure. But that's that's where he had to get him. He needed one uh, of those guys, either Bloodsoe, Gilchrist over Lamb. I know Lamb's got the shooting ability, but 
there's that's a one trick pony in terms of this. You need you have offensive wall and cousins, as I said, and especially if you've already taken Randall, you need a defense right there, not offensive shoot, outside shooting. Especially when in a lineup where there's only one shooter. So apparently there's not gonna be much outside shooting anyway, so why bother taking the one guy that's at least a decent shooter? And I'm not sure yeah, I, I mean I agree I agree with that. I'm, I'm just, I, and I'm not sure how Trey Lyles even, and, and and based on my draft comments about him, and maybe I wouldn't take him in the top five or whatever. I'm, I'm sure people are going to probably think maybe that I'm a Trey Lyles hater, but I, I, I still think there's other UK players that he could have picked that weren't drafted that maybe were better than him. I mean, I'd take Darius Mill over over Trey Lyles, and that was that was my last pick. So I would have uh, liked Lyles with my last pick maybe because I like if you're going to take your last guy you want someone that can be versatile and play multiple positions and Lyles I think can play the three or the four I would have liked that my last pick but at this point with his lineup he's got Trey Lyles attempting to guard Gil Gilchrist and Gil Gilchrist's lack of offense as he does have in his game on the perimeter Lyles I don't think can stay with him I mean that's just not a good matchup especially if you can if you want to run I mean you you're, you can this team can run right here and you're gonna have, you're gonna run him out of the gym. Here's some players that I would debatably take over Trey Lyles. Uh, I think DeAndre Liggins would certainly be. I, I I would without especially given how the lineup's kind of shaken out. DeAndre Liggins would be more valuable to Alex's team than Trey Lyles because, like you said, they already have scoring and they've got scoring across the board. Really, one through four, and John Wall, Deron Lamb, Julius Randle, Demarcus Cousins, but not a not as nearly as much defense as they would have hoped. DeAndre Liggins would have been a a, a better add in that situation. Um, Let's again. I probably would have taken Darius Miller, but I ended up did take it. Did end up taking him. Uh, maybe James Young, just from an athletic standpoint. James Young wasn't a very good defender, uh, but he was long. Give you a little more athleticism than what Trey Lyles brings, because this would probably be a very up and down game uh, with because every other player is athletic. But I guess Trey Lyles would probably be. I mean, if you wanted to make a tr- case for Trey Lyles over James Young, I'd be perfectly okay with that. Um, but as you have it. All the votes coming in for my team, making me really happy. Uh, he, he made one chronicle mistake, too. Is he, he take? I, I like Randall, and I'm not saying Randall didn't deserve to go six, but you'd taken Davis and Towns. So you're not taking a guy like Julius Randall probably at 5'8", or even 9", maybe. You're looking at exactly. perimeter. He could have just let, exactly. let Randall slide all the way down to probably 10 and exactly. gone on and taken Gilchrist and Bledsoe at 6 and 7 or – and, and, and let you go on your perimeter. He should have looked at that little. I don't think he was thinking that far through on that one. I think you know. On the flip side, I could have sabotaged my own team to an extent by just taking big guys that he wouldn't be able to use <laughs> then against me. But but you could play Davis at the three. I mean, legitimately, and put. I mean, if you really wanted to do that, and put Davis at the three, Randall at the four, and Towns at the five. You know, I, I could, and that would you know, it, it would look weird. I don't know how really offensively you do it. You probably actually drag Towns away from the perimeter more. Um, yeah, you got three guys really, that can all face up as yeah, well as post up. Yeah, yeah, you, you're right. Even all three of those guys. Um, so maybe maybe he was smart taking them because maybe I just would have sabotaged them because <laughs> then who you know he would have had Willie Cauley Stein and Marcus. Even even if you had Willie Cauley Stein and Marcus Cousins, that's not bad. Yeah, I'm not as still high on Willie Cauley Stein as, as as both of you guys are. Most of you great, fans great defense. Great defender, uh, good defender. I don't want to use the word great. I think great stone around too loosely. He's a great. Def- he was a great college defender. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I still find his perimeter defense a little overrated. Not a bad over out perimeter defender, but just because you're the best perimeter defender on a team that has no perimeter defense doesn't mean you're a great perimeter defender. I, I mean, do you ever remember him getting beat on the perimeter? Yeah, I saw Sam Decker treat him like a stepchild. Well, he didn't. 
They they Sam they Decker's did a, a six they, seven white boy, it's slow as I am. They did a good job getting Sam Decker off him the majority of the time, but I mean there might have been a, nobody. There might have been a few times Sam Decker was able to get around Willie Cauley Stein, but not not the duration of the game. I'm not saying he's a bad perimeter defender. I just think he's a little overrated as a perimeter defender. Not meaning he's a bad one. He's still a good one. I just think he's a little overrated. Some of the tweets into the show, besides people just saying Team One, uh, we had uh, Jonathan Scott tweet in and say, "Aren't those ridiculous lineups? It's mind blowing how many very good to great players we've had in a short time." Uh, Go Cats at, at Go Cats Two said Team One, Team Two wouldn't score. Uh, Alan Young says, I keep thinking AD and Carl Anthony Towns on the same team is unfair, but Boogie and Willie Cauley Stein can cause trouble too. Fairly even lineups. He still ended up taking team one. Uh, Captain Arctic says team one in six games. Uh, so let's see if there's any other ones. Nope, that's uh, that's it for now. But I, I, I'm feeling good. I, I'm feeling like I, I maybe won this matchup. Uh, and and that's just a ridiculous team. You take anybody's. I don't know. Really, here's the thing. If you were to make an all UK team from 2009-2010, Trevor, who do you take off my team and put on from Alex's team? You probably put John Wall on instead of Brandon Knight, and or maybe John Wall instead of Eric Bledsoe and keep now, Brandon Knight. Now say it again. Now if I was going to do now, if you were just combining these teams to make one ultimate. John Calipari. Oh, I UK. got you. Of all of the twelve players drafted, I, I have to make a five man, the ultimate five man starting lineup out of these twelve players. Yeah, and I think you probably just pick my four players <laughs> and add John Wall. It just depends whether you want Brandon Knight or Eric Bledsoe. Uh, if I was going to do that, I would do the experiment I mentioned and run Davis at the three, Towns at the four, and Cousins at the five. Wall at the point guard, and uh, I would actually even go big and even put Kid Kilchrist at the two. Now your shooting would be awful there. Who cares? Awful. You're not going to stop me in any way. I don't hit threes. Wow. I'm just going to hit layups and dunks on you all day because you're not going to stay in front of wall. You're not going to score on that lineup. And good luck trying to stop Davis, whether he wants to face you up or you forget Anthony Davis can, can beat you in multiple ways. He may not be the outside shooter that Durant is, but he's uh, pretty damn good mid-range. Uh, it would be, that'd be fun to watch. Uh, I, I still think I'd probably go. John Wall, Brandon Knight, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns. And it kills me to put DeMarcus Cousins on the bench in that situation. But I just don't think you can put – you certainly can't put him over Anthony Davis, and everybody would agree with that. I just don't know if you can put him over Carl Anthony Towns, especially when we saw Towns take over games late. But you'd have I to mean, put him over Towns. Davis isn't a five. Dave, Davis is more of a – I would almost be more familiar regularly feeling better putting Davis at the three than I do at the five. He's just not strong enough to play the five, especially at well, least this in the is, NBA. This is, this is college. True, true. That's this a good is point. an all-college team, and he played the five, and he won player of the year playing the five. Yeah, I, yeah you're right. I'm right. But I understand. I, you know, I, I agree with you 100%. I sometimes have problems yeah. deciphering the college version to the NBA because I love the NBA so much. Well, hopefully you make it a little more competitive with our Louisville one tomorrow. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. I'm gonna, you, you think Alex at least got one, maybe two wins in your series against you in this one. I'll be, you'll be lucky to get to sniff a win against me. You're going to be like Golden State, not even leading in any quarter at all. Well, remember, Shaquan Aaron is available. No, he's not. He, we're, doing, we're, doing, we're not doing the USC draft. We're doing he, Louisville. He, hey, he played for Louisville for a year. <laughs> if you want your Shaquan, you can have him. <laughs> well, my Shaquan, I can have him. That's a good, I, should, I should put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> I am sell, curious. Sell it to Andy F. Uh, the coach out there. What is his name? Andy Epstein or uh, whatever his name is. I, it would be uh, 
It'll be interesting to see where Terry Rozier goes, who I don't think was included in the draft last year. I don't really remember 100%. Uh, curious to see where he and, and Montrose Harrell, who I think was included last year, uh, but whether or not he improved his stock in the all-time Patino players at Louisville. So we'll do that tomorrow. You're live out at, uh, is it Elk Run tomorrow? Elk Run tomorrow yes. in Jeffersonville. I can so. promise you this. Well, I don't know if you're going to take him, but Scott Padgett, or David Padgett will get drafted. I, I took David Padgett last year, I think. I think he might have been my last pick coming off my bench. I had a better. I had a. I really thought I had a better team. I think I uh, picked your team last year, not just because you had Padgett, my man crush, but I think I picked your team. And I think Yates ended up getting that team on Card Chronicle to a fan vote, and I think he ended up winning maybe fifty-two or fifty-three percent of the vote to 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 you know forty-eight or forty-seven. But again, I I wonder if people now would just look and say, "Wow, that idiot picked Shaquan Aaron." Picked Shaquan Aaron. They had the mystery uh, no, of Aaron still on there. The the mystery of Aaron there was was real, and I really like Shaquan Aaron too. I think he's going to go to USC and do good things. Just maybe didn't get a fair chance at Louisville, or it didn't work out for one way or the other. So uh, we'll do the Louisville one tomorrow. We should probably talk a little bit about that NBA game uh, last night, Trevor. There another was, there was a finals game. There was, was another fantastic one, and it was a. Uh, <sighs> It was a game where my again I'm in a group message with my fantasy football league that is never ending. Not whether the season's going on or not. Uh, much to my girlfriend's dismay, uh, it, it goes really around the clock, 24/7. And a lot of the people had said this is a blowout. I'm going to bed. I've got to work tomorrow. Got to be up at uh, 7 a.m. This and that. And I think a lot of them regretted going to bed because that one was really close and a. Uh, an out-of-bounds call away from Golden State really having a chance to tie that up and maybe sending it into another overtime. What were some of your takeaways from from the Cavs' win to go up 2-1 in that series? Uh, I think Golden State needs to stop. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't think I can use the, the term. I don't know. I, they need to stop pussyfooting around. That's what they need to stop doing. They need, they, they need to stop looking at Cleveland and realizing that they're thinking, oh, well, they don't have – we're going against Michael Della We're not going against Kyrie Irving, and it looks like they're, they're not panicking when they should. They're panicking when they shouldn't be, and they're not panicking when they they shouldn't. They're panicking when they shouldn't be, and they're not panicking when they should be at this point. Especially in last night's game, when you're down 17, they look like they were just trying to win everything on one three point. They finally realized to put it together. I don't, I'm not a big Steve Kerr fan. I know his resume this year, especially, would make you think otherwise. I, I'm not as much a hater on David Blatt as some are. I'm not saying that's the difference in this series. But unless Golden State needs to figure out, not not just stopping LeBron James, but just figure out how to knock down a few shots, they're going to be in some trouble. This series isn't over that, yo. They win this game, it's the best of three with two at your house. But they lose this game, I'm still not even, I know no one's come back in 3-1 in the finals, but I'm still not knocking them out of it even down 3-1. But the, the, the door's pretty damn close to being shut. Well, it still is just such a terrible starting five for the Cavs. Well, that's the thing that that's the thing that I keep thinking. It's the same about. Cavs team that he had in 2007. He lost to, to San Antonio, basically. With, with, that, is, with the injuries, he's the same team. And and I know that you were not really that all that high on Golden State. No, during the season, or you thought maybe they were a little bit overrated. Jump shooting I think teams some, don't win titles normally. I, I think that some of their major flaws are starting to show in this series, and maybe the pressure, even more so, maybe the pressure starting to get to them, and, and certainly Curry. Um, I mean, you've you've got Draymond Green being their second best player in this series, maybe even best player. 
It, because Curry's been off. I mean, he's come. He came up big last Iguodala's night. Iguodala's played well as well. It, it's just it's uh, it's strange who is really stepping up for the Warriors, and uh, and it almost makes you think, well, somebody has to. Um, but I, I still think there's going to be a time maybe when the everything it, the, the the Cavs kind of crash. I think fatigue gets to them, and I don't know when that's going to be. I think that's why late in games, Trevor, you're seeing them just collapse. Big leads just get evaporated just like that. And you have to wonder if – you don't want to do this, certainly, when you're at home. Uh, Tomorrow's game is, I think, virtually the series for the Cavs, which is crazy to think about when they're up 2-1. If if they go to – if they lose that and go to 2-2, the Warriors are going to win. The Cavs just won't have the legs. LeBron won't be able to do it all by himself night in and night out. Now, what I think is interesting and something to watch out for, if they're able to win, if the Cavs are able to win tomorrow, go up 3-1 and head back to Golden State, and that game would be on Sunday, so you get three days to rest. I'm not saying throw that game, Trevor, but I'm saying if you go out in the first quarter or the second quarter and it's not really clicking and, and Golden State obviously being at home would be very hungry, then you less, you rest LeBron uh, and, and Deladova and you... You just play. You put every all your eggs in the game six basket, hoping you're able to win. Only three reasons LeBron James is not on the court for any game the rest of the series. Either A, an injury that enables him to walk at all. B, there is a timeout on the court. Or C, these are between quarters. No other reason why he is not on the court for 48 minutes plus each game. He's got to be. They have no other. LeBron, LeBron James is what? Set down, what, 50, not even a full minute in three games, I think? I mean, he's the only thing that's only, the only, which is amazing. The only thing that he's got more statistically in three games than minutes played is probably points scored. And, but do you get what I'm saying? That if they were to be able to go three one, maybe you just no, you rest you, every- no, you do not rest him. You go for the curb stomp. You put his mouth on that curb. You rear back and you put down all your weight into the back of his head. Now, with them having a three day, <laughs> a three day break, that kind of hurts my case not necessarily my argument but my case because three days you know if you're not well rested after three days an additional two days may may not really help you especially you take in traveling across the country but if it was two days i I think that'd be the smart thing to do uh the worst case scenario what if uh, what if you go into golden state up three one trevor with you know lebron beaten up as he is and and this and that and you lose a heartbreaker then you I, lose, then you lose a heartbreaker, but you go for the win. You two hold nothing back. I don't it's know. Like Dan Fouts said in the Water Boy, it's the last game of the year. Hold nothing back. I I, I don't know. I think that would be you give that, them a not. window. They will they will push it open and and come inside and steal your VCR. I think you have to be smart if you're if you're Cleveland and realize that game six is when you're going to win this. They're not going to go into Golden State in game five and and clinch the NBA Finals. There's they're not going to. No, I, they, I, I still like Golden State in six, ironically, even though they're down 2-1. I'm apparently saying Cleveland won't win another game, but you're, it's Golden, Golden State has not played what This has been Cleveland. I know Cleveland is with their B unit or C unit almost to agree, but even those C players have been playing a lot better basketball than even Golden State's A unit. I mean, it's been like you're seeing Golden State play their B-minus, C-plus game on average for three games while Cleveland, even though they haven't shot the ball particularly well, is either, but I think Cleveland's played more of an A-minus, B-plus game, and 
if it gets, it's going to even out at one point, and I think at that point, Golden State does take it. If you're Golden State, you got to take this. This might be your only chance of getting a championship. They're, I mean, they're a good team, but this isn't a team that's when you don't have the the inside presence that they don't have, and you're a jump shooting team. Your window of opportunity is very slim and few far between. Trust me, as a Pacers fan who was a jump shooting team in the late '90s, I know. Well, and you do. You're saying this is Golden State's window. This is Golden State's window a lot more than it is Cleveland's. I agree with that. I, I mean, the, the good thing about Golden State is they are young. But you'd almost say that about any team in the West. Almost every year, if you make it to the finals, you feel like it's your chance because when, when the hell else are you going to get out of the West with how difficult it is? And it looks like it's just going to be ever-improving. I mean, you're going mean, to lose Lee. You're probably going to lose Bogut. You'll lose maybe Iguodala. He's 31. You'll end up having to lose either Barnes or Green because you're going to only be able to sign one to keep it with Thompson and Curry. So you're going to have some rebuilding to do in the next year or two, if not even just as early as next year. So you want to – listen, you've got a good chance of sneaking in there. Asking, Look how many teams have gotten to the – how many people thought when the Thunder went to the finals and lost to Cleveland with that trio, they're like, oh, well, that was a great series. I can't wait. We're going to see this five, six more times. You know what? Been, what, three, four years now? How many times have we seen it? Yeah, it's – I still think it's do or die for Cleveland, and it's crazy to say when they've got a 2-1 lead, they have to win Thursday night if they're going to have a chance to win this series. You have to be able to be in a situation where you can come home in Game 6 and clinch the title and put all your eggs in that basket because I don't think they're going to be able to win at Cleveland or at Golden State again. Uh, this was brought – I saw this earlier today, but Brun DMC uh, texted it in. Is Texas working with the NCAA on academic misconduct? And this would be under Rick Barnes – while he was the coach there, if you're a Tennessee fan, you just uh, you probably give up on basketball at this point <laughs> if you haven't already. Given up on, yeah, I think they gave up about three months after the uh, Bernie and Ernie show ended in '78. You have uh, first you have Bruce Pearl, who was the savior for Tennessee basketball. Then you have a, a, a coach in Donnie Tindell that you like. Uh, he seems like he's moving things in the right direction. Fun style of basketball. Well, then there's problems there. And then, of course, now you bring in Rick Barnes, who has been able to get recruits at Texas and has won for Texas standards. And then now there might be more academic things following there. Crazy to think about. It'll be something to follow um, if anything actually comes with that. Uh, still haven't heard anything more on, on UNC. People have asked me when you, can, when you can expect there to be penalties actually handed down. It might not be until September, October. It could be a long time before you actually hear anything coming from that. Um, crazy to think about how, how much longer there is to go with that. So that so we won't hear anything from Texas in a while. But if you're a Tennessee fan, uh, I, I don't feel for you. But I can imagine that you're pretty bummed out with the most recent happenings. Uh, besides that, Trevor, what else do we got before we close up shop? Just a reminder, everybody, we'll be out playing a little golf, uh, doing uh, our little uh... – uh, Caddyshack impersonations to next two days. And uh, Captain Arctic had tweeted this, and actually it had already made the rounds in my group message, that, that Pizza Hut is doing a pizza that has uh, hot dogs, uh, 28 mini hot dogs baked into the crust. That's freaking go, disgusting, by the way. Go, go America. We're the best. I mean, We're it, number one. <laughs> We're number one. We're out of time. In gluttony. In gluttony. That's how we're in the show. 28 hot dogs, Pizza Hut, into the crust. The best idea in the history of American uh, innovation. We'll be back for tomorrow, live from Elk Run. Come out there, play a little golf with me. 1450, the sports buzz. We'll see you then. 